All right, guys, what is up? The 91st installment of the Unplugged Alpha podcast series is on. Tonight, we're talking about how to protect your wealth from gold diggers. Uh, from time to time, I do post on social media and ask you guys for feedback on um, topic suggestions, anything you want me to cover. Uh, there's actually a video I recorded in the car the other day for the Entrepreneurs and Cars channel uh, from somebody's request, which I thought was a good one. So make sure you keep an eye on me and follow me on social media. Those links are all... Um, they're all on the channel everywhere. You guys know where to find them. Um, so let me hit with this comment that somebody posted here on Twitter when I shared the uh, topic for tonight's show. And we're going to be doing some Q&A as well. Moff's in the green room. He's going to be um, making sure you guys are squared away and your audio is good. Uh, I'll drop the link to join in a little bit. But one of the fellows on Twitter said, uh, Ross was his name. He said, if guys didn't use money to impress girls, they wouldn't have such a problem. If you want to avoid gold diggers, then stop showing them where to dig. And in theory, that is a good idea. But look, maybe if you're a younger guy, I could see a little more uh, care being used in the way you go about life. But uh, look, I mean, when you've made it, when you've when you've done something with your life, when you've gone somewhere, you're not going to buy a crappy car if you're a car guy just to have a crappy car because you're afraid of gold gold diggers and you're trying to hide it um she's going to find out eventually anyway she's going to know if you're made of more than just you know a toyota camry um it's going to become evident it it should be and i don't think that you should have to hide it to be honest with you um i think that dealing with the right kind of chick and setting the right kind of boundaries is the better way to go about it um, but hiding your stuff from women. I remember I watched this uh, dating show once. It was one of those like millionaire match shows. And there was this guy that owned a junk company. And, um, you know, this matchmaker sets up the couples um, with, uh, you know, successful men with beautiful, young, attractive women sort of thing. And that's the matchmaker service. And he was all about, I don't want to flaunt my wealth. And he did quite well. He owned a junk removal company. And on his first date, because he didn't want to pull up in his nice car or his exotic car. He had a few cars. He decided to take one of the junk removal garbage trucks on the first date. And the matchmaker, of course, said, what are you, stupid? Right? Like, what are you doing? Um, so people go a little bit too far with this, trying to hide or to, or to dissolve or to make it uh, a little more downplayed. And I don't think that's a good strategy. And I'll explain why in this, um, you know, when we do this segment. And by the way, guys, if there's something you want to challenge me on on this show, you don't agree with me, uh, you have a better solution, um, you can click the join link and you can hop in and I'd love to hear what it is. Um, it's always fun to deal with uh, more than just agreeable people from my perspective anyway. So I've got a few notes here that I want to cover. Um, I'm not really sure which one I'm going to start with, so I'm just going to rip through them. I think the first thing that you want to do is make sure that you're not leading with your wallet when it comes to dealing with women when you're dating. So, so if the question becomes, how do you protect your wealth from gold diggers? You should probably not lead with your wealth, right? Uh, don't be one of these like uh, sugar dad dudes. Don't, uh, Hey, I'll take care of your allowance. Let me pay you stuff, whatever, any of those things. You're basically starting from a position where you're beta bucks. Um, which kind of brings me to another point as well that I need to cover. There's, Generally speaking, there's two types of guys that women look for or date. They would ideally like them both in one guy, but it's not always possible. So it's why they have like this dualistic mating strategy, this dating, the sexual strategy, whatever you want to call it. And there's the alpha seed component. And then there's the beta need component, the beta bucks part of the equation. So 
the guy that's been incarcerated in jail for four or five years, doesn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of, um, maybe has a old 20 year old motorcycle, a Harley or something like that. He has no trouble getting girls. He has no trouble getting ladies, no trouble getting the attention of women because he's a bad boy alpha archetype, right? They're not using him for his financial resources. There's probably another guy that they're using for his financial resources. That's the alpha and then there's a beta. Um, I was just watching before I hopped on the show, a documentary series on Anna Nicole Smith. Uh, if you don't know who she is, she was a very attractive playboy, playboy, playboy playmate from, I think she, she ended at 97 or 87. It was, it was well over 20 years ago, but she basically met this billionaire oil tycoon guy in Texas, uh, older dude, well into his eighties, uh, who had lost his wife and she was working in a strip joint at that time. And he took care of her, bought her a house, looked after her kid, bought her horses, cars, all kinds of stuff. And uh, she then said to him, you know, when he asked her to marry him, she said, I don't want to because I want to make something of myself first. So she started running around and she had beta bucks as the backup. Okay. She met this guy when she was quite young. And from what I understand, I haven't watched the rest of it, but I'm pretty sure she married the guy later on in life because she died around 39. But she made something out of herself running around. Uh, she was the guest girl. She did Playboy spreads. She did a couple of movies um dated athletes uh actors businessmen like anybody that was the alpha seed part of the equation because she eventually did fall back on beta bucks which is the billionaire oil tycoon guy who's the old man um there's a funny picture here let me see if i can dig it up here there's a really funny picture of them i think it's on their wedding day um this Let's go. There it is. Wedding day. <laughs> so he was 89. Uh, present, share screen. Okay. This dude over here, he's just beta bucks all day long. Um, he was 89 at the time. Anyway, um, that's what that looks like. So leading with your wallet is going to get you in a scenario where you're this dude. Now, I'm not really sure what happened at the end of the story. I haven't watched the rest of it. Maybe she inherited his wealth. Maybe her kid did. I have no idea. But you have to understand that notion because if you don't have any money and you're the alpha C part of the equation, you don't have any money to protect. You don't have any wealth to protect. It doesn't really matter. So there's that to consider. But do not lead with your wallet. If you lead with your wallet in the equation, you're going to end up like this J. Howard Marshall dude uh, who gave away probably pretty much everything to, to her and, and the kid. And the breakup or when she passed. Um, so don't leave it with the wallet. We talked about Alpha Seed by the need. Don't live in a way that looks like marriage to the state. Very simple. Um, if you're in a long-term relationship and you want to protect your wealth and you don't want to have to deal with any consequences down the road. Look, any professional that I talk to, and I have this, you know, I have these questions that you know that I generally have with licensed professionals that I deal with. So I obviously deal with lawyers. I have a family lawyer. I have corporate lawyers. I was, uh, I had lunch today with my accountant and, you know, one of the topics that always comes up is marriage and, you know, it was, it was tabled. Do you see any point in marriage, um, later on in life? And the answer is always no. Every single licensed professional out there that deals with finances, that deals with the law, that deals with accounting, they're like, no. So 
one of the simple solutions that all of these people basically have in their mind is just don't live in a way that looks like marriage to the state and you're completely fine, right? Um, what does that look like where you live? I don't know. Check with family law. Um, if you're going about your business, you're, you know, you're working, you've got some, some cash coming in, maybe you've got some investments, you got some money. It wouldn't be a bad idea if you're out dating and, you know, you're getting serious with somebody to talk to a family lawyer and go, all right, well, what is it? What does the law say in my state when it comes to assets and wealth? Uh, because if you don't know this already, um, I'm not even going to pull up the list because I can just talk about it. But um, the richest people in the world of all of the folks that are listed on that billionaire list, all the women that are on the list, I think with the exception of one, which was a business tycoon, but all the women on that list that ended up on that list ended up there either through inheritance, through their father, or through divorce. Um, Mackenzie Bezos was recently divorced from uh, Jeff Bezos uh, a few years ago, and I believe she got $38 billion in stock, if I'm not mistaken. She ended up uh, getting married with one of her kids' private school teachers. Uh, I think it was a chemistry teacher or something like that. And, um, you know, she's, she's got her wealth from Jeff Bezos now from, from the Amazon pot. She keeps 38 billion, gets married to this guy. That doesn't work out. She leaves. She still keeps the 38 billion because she knows how to get the money and she knows how to keep the money. So all you have to do is take some intentional steps and take a look around when you're dealing with, uh, romance and women and stuff like that. And yeah, I know guys, it takes the wind out of the sails. It's so unromantic, blah, blah, blah. Look. If you don't like it, and I'm probably talking to the ladies at this point, but if you don't like it, get the gals together, go down on Parliament Hill, you know, whoever it is that makes these laws, you know, the bureaucrats where you live and tell them, we don't like these laws. They suck. My boyfriend won't live with me because family law is going to take half his shit and give it to me if I want to take it. But they'll never change that. The girls will not march on Capitol Hill. They won't do anything to change the laws because why would they? It's to their benefit for them to exist. So what smart guys do is they just all right, I, I'm just not going to live in a way that looks like marriage, right? So talk to a family lawyer about that. That's that's a, a safe test. There's, of course, guys right now going to be in the comments. Just stay away from women. Okay, that's one solution. Um, it's not realistic when half the population is women and guys like women and, you know, men and women are generally speaking better together than they are apart. Um, you just have to be discerning in your taste and who you invite in your life and all these things. Which brings me to another thing when it comes to discerning taste is <clears throat> the red flag chapter. Um, I wrote this book. If you guys are newer to the channel, that this is what the podcast is based on. Okay. The unplugged alpha book. I'm currently working on the second book. It'll be out later on this year, towards the end of the year. There's a chapter in the book called 20 red flags. Uh, I'll put the ticker up on the bottom for the, those of you that are newer to the channel. Get on my email list. I don't even care if you don't buy the book. Get on my email list and get the book for free there. <clears throat> the more I talk to guys on consults, okay, the more I realize the significance and the importance of vetting for red flags. Um, you can invite women into your life with these 20 red flags. I've, I've added a 21st red flag, which will be in the revised version of the book, which I'll talk about another time. But these 20 red flags that are currently existing in it, are extremely important and you can overlook them. You can ignore them. You can invite a woman into your life that has them and put a baby in her. You can get married. You can live together. 
and maybe things will work out, maybe. But on a balance of probabilities, if I was a gambling man and I, and I could bet on that relationship failing, it probably will. And it'll probably fail sooner than later. And if it doesn't, it'll at least be miserable for one or both of them at the same time. This red flag chapter is so important and the significance of it matters so much when it comes to dealing with women. I can't even emphasize it. Every time I have a consult with somebody privately, every time I do, I'm, I'm always diving into this and we're, and we're going back in it. We're going back and forth and we're chopping up. Sometimes I have longer term coaching clients. Sometimes it's a one-off call. But every time there's problems in that relationship, there's always red flags that pop up. Now, if you've got money issues, you're dealing with a woman that's, you know, uh, promiscuous, for example. She's been with 50, 100 dudes or something like that. Do you think she's going to stick to you if there's conflict later on down the road after she's living in your house, she's moved her shit in, maybe you guys said I do together, you took a honeymoon, and she's been with all these dudes and something doesn't work out? Do you think she's going to stick around? The probabilities of that happening are pretty low. The probabilities of her you know, maybe picking up her phone and start dialing some other dudes, dialing for dick off her, her phone is a lot higher because she's already done it, you know, 98 times, 99 times, 100 times, doesn't matter what it is. It's already been done. So it's very easy, very, very comfortable for them. And that's, you know, we're talking about a lot of other stuff than just women that have misbehaved in their past or have promiscuous past, right? So without me getting into the entire chapter, vet against the red flags. And don't do it over a short period of time. Don't just be like, oh, okay, well, you know, I was with her for 10 months, so I, I'm pretty sure that I figured her out. The rule of thumb, and this is not my rule of thumb, this is a rule of thumb that was given to me by a psychologist. Do I have his book over here? Tactical Guide to Women, Shanti Smith. He said, see what they're made of. Date them for a year and a half, two years, because you end up with a representative most of the time. You end up with an actor, and you don't know who the real person is. Wait till you get sick. Does she take care of you? Or does she just leave you be? Deal with it. Man cold, pussy, right? Or does she take care of you? Does she expose her own immune system to risk of getting sick as well to take care of you, right? How does she handle uh, when the luggage gets lost if you travel somewhere together? Does she have a complete meltdown and a spaz and wants you to sue the airline and yell at people? Or does she say, let's just go take a cab to the store and get a couple of bathing suits and some stuff to tie us over until we get back and they find it or it shows up, right? It's important to give it time. So get on my email list if you're not on it. Get the red flag chapter if you haven't got it or read the book, uh, which is an even better way to approach this because some of the other stuff that I'm talking about here also deals with components around um, dealing with the struggles that comes you know, with the red flags and what genuine burning desire looks like. So I'll move on from the red flag so I can keep this thing going. Try to, I'll try to get to the bottom of my list in the next uh, 10 minutes or so so we can take, take some call-ins. Anyway, speaking of call-ins, guys, I'll grab the join link for you guys um, and just drop it in the chat right here on YouTube. Call in and ask me a cue. And StreamYard link, you'll get Moff in the green room and he'll make sure your audio is all good and you're good to go. So I'm going to pin that at the top of um, the YouTube channel. So head over there if you're not watching that from that angle. Um, let's talk about genuine burning desire. Um, all women want to be with a competent man that can make it rain, okay? So the argument that there's no gold diggers doesn't exist. You can call them whatever you want, but women want to be with a competent man. They want to be with a giant they want to look up to. They don't want, they don't want to be with a wimp. They don't want to be with a guy that can't solve basic things 
in your lives, in your, in your household, uh, a guy that has to call, you know, his dad or she has to call her dad to solve every little problem. They don't like that kind of stuff. She has to have a genuine, organic, burning desire for you. Just to want you, just to physically want, just to desire you. Okay. If that is absent and all you're doing is you're leading with your wallet, of course you're going to attract gold diggers. Okay. The woman that has genuine burning desire for the guy is still interested in his financial resources, but the genuine burning desire that she has for him is because she looks up to him. She sees him as a champ. She sees him as a strong option or maybe even her best option. Genuine burning desire is very, very hard to ignore. It's obvious. It's, it's as obvious as taking a frying pan to the forehead, as they say. Okay. Uh, people will sometimes say to me, Rich, what does genuine burning desire look like? How do I know that, that she's got it for me? Right. Simple tests. You know, if you want to test, you can test if you want, you know, simple tests might be something like, um, Hey, you know, before you head over tonight, do me a solid, head over to the liquor store and get me that uh, bottle of whatever that I like. Okay. No problem. Do you want the 40 answer? Or do you want the 20 answer? That's a, that's a strong response. That's a woman that's got interest in you. You know, she wants to make you happy. She wants to please you. If she's like, I don't buy no shit for no man, that, 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 that's, she doesn't have genuine burden desire for you. Right? I'm not paying for stuff. She doesn't have genuine burden desire for it. A buddy of mine told me about this uh, coffee test one time. I'll recap it. It's, it's in one of my older videos. Um, and he ran across it by accident because he accidentally forgot his wallet when they were out and he wanted to get a coffee and here in Canada, we've got Tim Hortons everywhere. If you're not familiar with Canada it's called Timmy's and said to his girl, he said, you know, do me a solid. Can we just go through the drive-thru? I want to grab this, uh, you know, this medium coffee, you know, just grab me a double, double. I forgot my wallet. She had a freaking meltdown, a legitimate meltdown on him because he didn't have his wallet on him and a buck 50 or whatever would have cost him at the time. She had a serious meltdown over the whole thing. Now, a smart guy would have just walked away from that relationship and said, whoa, look, I like, you know, thought in his head, look, I've taken you out to dinner. We've had a good time. You were on my boat the other day, da, 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 sort of thing. The dumb guy would just proceed with the relationship and take the beating, right? A woman that's got genuine burning desire for you, but whatever, a buck 50, who cares? What do you want? You want whipped cream on it? You want some peppermint too? No problem. I'll get it for you. You want me to shake my bum while I walk away? She'll do that too, right? That's what a woman will do when she when she digs your vibe that much, okay? Genuine burning desire must exist. If you're not familiar, I think that's chapter three in my book. You should recap it. The rules is chapter two. And yeah, why genuine burning desire matters, number three. There's actually a video on my channel. If you go back to the Entrepreneurs and Cars channel, um, just type in why genuine burning desire matters. And you'll probably get it. It's 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 a very, very old video. It's an early one from about four or five years ago. And it's why it ended up in the book. I expanded on the on the concept in the book for you guys as well, just so you understand it. Um, what else can we talk about? Don't get married. If you well, yeah, let's talk about married. Um, look, if you want to raise a family, it's far better to do it than a two-parent household. Whether you get married or not is your choice. Doesn't matter to me. I don't. I don't really care. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of inviting the state into my life. You guys know that I'm a libertarian. Uh, I don't want them in my pocketbook. I don't want them in my bank account. I don't want them telling me what to do. And the truth of the matter is, you have responsibility and authority, and those things should be connected in a household when you're building a family and a life together, sort of thing. But today, in most Western provinces and states, you still have responsibility, but you've lost the authority when family law gets involved, they get to tell you what to do. 
And guys don't really understand the significance of it until they've been through the divorce grinder or they know somebody close to them, a brother, a sibling, a cousin, very good friend that's been through the divorce grinder that can offer some feedback and some ideas around it. But a very simple you know, solution is just don't get married. If you do, because it's part of your cultural belief system, family insists on it, fine. If you're in a far better position than she is, which exists some of the time, maybe it's most of the time, you, you know, some guys would argue, but if you're in a far better financial position, meaning let's just say you're worth 5 million and she's worth a couple hundred thousand dollars, it's a smart idea to get a prenup. Oh, that's unromantic. You're basically setting up the marriage for, you know, for divorce. You don't, you don't trust her. Oh, what? You don't, you don't trust me sort of thing. Um, it takes a win out of the sales, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it, it does. Sure. It does. Absolutely. But again, I don't see women getting together and marching on Capitol Hill saying that our men won't marry us because family law could potentially rob them of their wealth and their access to their kids and be alienated and all the potential problems that come on later on down the road. So if you're going to get married and you're in a far better position, get a prenup. If you're not, it doesn't matter. It's not relevant, right? Um, they lose value over time. So you guys met at uh, university. You go to law school, you both become lawyers at respective different law firms, you're making about the same money. You probably don't need a prenup because you're making about the same money. You've probably got about the same assets, right? Uh, it's not necessary. It's, it's, it's a protective me mechanism is all that it is. Those would be the main ones that I would encourage you guys to contemplate. I've just spent about 22 minutes going through all those. I think they're pretty clear at this stage. And for the guys that run away from women, oh, they're all evil or they're difficult or it's impossible in the West. I call bullshit on that. Um, I've look, I'm obviously a little more seasoned than some of you guys watching this tonight. Been in a long-term relationship with my gal. She's great. Um, we get along really, really well, like 99% of the time, obviously. Nothing's perfect, obviously. But setting certain boundaries, following certain guidelines, vetting women for red flags, not inviting crazy into your life. You know, I had a conversation um, recently last week, and I think it's important to note this before we switch to the call-in segment, is don't ever confuse crazy and love. Because a lot of the times, crazy can look like love when it comes to how you interact with women. Um, if, if she's doing offside stuff, if she's got a lot of red flags, but at the same time, she's like taking care of you when you're sick, love bombing you, messaging you all day, you know, uh, doing all the crazy stuff in the bedroom sort of thing. Uh, don't confuse crazy for love. Again, watch for a good year, year and a half to see what she's made of, see how she deals with stress, what happens if the luggage gets lost when you travel, stuff like that. That's when you'll see the real person. So you have to be very, very careful because a lot of times for some guys, if they're not good at being very clear with red flags and setting strong boundaries, is crazy can look like love. So just be careful with that. Um, I'm going to switch over to the call-in segment in just a moment. Let's, uh, we'll do the ad reel in a bit. Uh, I got a super chat here from Speed Freaks. Says, I like the tattoo test. The tattoo test is in the book. Read the book if you want to know what the tattoo test, it does work. Um, I'm going to run an ad reel and uh, throw the desk up and we'll take some questions. I'll be back in about a minute and a bit. This episode is brought to you by the Unplugged Alpha Supplements and Grondike Soap Company. Brothers, if you're like me and you take what you put in your body seriously, you'll want to use the Unplugged Alpha Supplements. An obsession with absorption is what sets this line apart from the others. You want to make sure that you absorb as much of the supplements as possible so you don't end up peeing out expensive urine. My supplement line is made in the United States from the highest quality domestic ingredients. And unlike cheaper supplements from China and plastic bottles, Mind ship in dark glass bottles to keep your supplements fresher 
longer and won't seep endocrine disrupting plastics into your supplements. Nothing is a hard tablet. Everything is in an easily digestible bioavailable capsule. You can filter all products by various categories, including testosterone support, estrogen metabolism, fat burning, immune health, sleep support, and performance. Visit theunpluggedalpha.com forward slash shop and use the subscribe and save option to get 10% off your supplement orders or use coupon code alpha10 for 10% off a one-time order to try it out. And I use Tactical Soap and God of War beard oil every day. Tactical Soap is a handmade product made in the United States from ingredients you can actually pronounce, not conventional endocrine lowering toiletry chemicals. Both the soap and the beard oils are infused with bioidentical pheromones that are designed by a clinical psychologist and pheromone expert to maximize attractiveness to the opposite sex. Go visit coopersoap.com and get 10% off your order today. Guys, check out my website at richcooper.ca for more information on booking me for coaching, my community, my courses, and a whole bunch more. You can also find all the useful links pinned below in the top YouTube comment of all my videos. Now let's get on with the show. All right, guys, what's up? We're back. Um, if you want to call in and ask a question, I'll probably be on for about the next hour. The link to do that is pinned at the top of YouTube. Um, let me change the banner over here because we're doing the Q&A bit. So that's open. Uh, let's give, uh, we've got a few people waiting here. So let's give Rachel a shot and see what she's got for us tonight. Hey, Rachel, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. What do you got for me tonight? Um... I don't have anything particular in mind, but I'm okay. familiar with the show, All right. and I've noticed that you've been bringing on girls lately, so um, a lot of them tend to be, like, girls who are, like, kind of more in their boss babe or whatever they may call it, but um, I think that they come to you for advice on how to find, like, a high-value man, mm -hmm. but if they're listening and they're watching, I want to give them some of my advice. Okay, you um, want to give some advice to the boss girls that are watching? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's see. Let's see what you got. Go ahead. Okay, so they come to you asking to find a high value man, but mm -hmm. what they're saying is, is is that there's no like finding a high value man. Finding to me is like kind of pursuing, and mm -hmm. the fact that they're like pursuing a high value man doesn't really make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. They come to find you. And they think that if they, even if they did listen to the things, yeah, let me they, just, let me just challenge you on that for a second. Cause I've said this for a few years now. I, like, I don't think top shelf men that these women pine for the, usually the kind of guys that they're describing, right. Got to be tall, got to be competent, got to be able to make it rain, got to be funny, got to be humble. You know, the list, um, yeah. they're generally not out there. I think chasing women. I think what they're doing is they're, is they're on a purpose they're on a grind and they're putting a dent in the universe. Yeah. And maybe as they go about their day, they're running into people like, hey, Rich, let me introduce you to my friend. Uh, I think, you know, you guys get along well, blah, blah, blah. That's usually how I see that going down. I don't see a lot of top shelf men chasing women. That's why yeah. I always encourage women to make the effort. I mean, that's true. But um, let me ask you this. Do you feel like if the women that you brought on that have those struggles, like if they were to listen to your advice, mm -hmm. do you think that they would like actually find one and like be happy with one because they're always chasing excellence right so yeah. they're always be secondary to their life and they may, they may not be used to that unfortunately it seems like it it tends to fall on deaf ears you know for the most part like they understand but it also seems like whenever the co the conversation piece comes up the question comes up 
then it always defaults to, well, if I don't find anybody, then it's totally fine. I'll be, I'll be happy, you know, by myself. And that's yeah. fine to say that when you're like 30 or 31 or 32, and you might think you've got a lot of runway, but time moves really fast. One of the things I've noticed as I've gotten older is like your teen years and your twenties seem to move pretty slow. By the time you get in your thirties and forties, time starts to move a lot faster for some reason. And it's like, you know, before you know it, you're like, shit, I'm 60 or whatever. Right. How old are yeah. you right now? I'm 24. And what's your experience been like dating? Like, what are you finding out there? Um, well, I'm not really finding anything. Um, but I've kind of want to share like my experience. Um, mm. I recently um, dated a guy who's familiar with your show and he has your book. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, How did that go? Uh, you were actually a talking point on a first date because I was just kind of talking about like things that, um, I believe in things like that. And he was like, you kind of sound like someone that I watch. His name is Richard Cooper. Like, are you familiar? And I was like, I think I've seen a couple of videos because I've seen the videos where you're like the green flags and the red flags. Right. Um, and then, so we have talked about university, which is kind of crazy, but, um, and that was something I never that thought I when I was doing this YouTube stuff that I would be the conversation piece for a first date, but this is, this is kind of cool, but yeah, keep yeah. going. Um, so anyways, um, yeah, so my, my point was, is that, um, he, he was always chasing excellence and he's a great man. I have nothing mm -hmm. but to say about him, but okay. the thing that I wasn't used to is it wasn't used to being like, he was always chasing his own thing. And it's always like being secondary. And usually when a man's chasing excellence, excellence all the time, like you say, it's like, it's not something that you're really used to. And I feel like a lot of women don't, may not realize mm -hmm. like like what it really is like to be with like uh, a man of high status and it takes a lot to get to where, where they are. And so what I was saying was they come to you asking like, kind of how do they get that? It's like, well, how do you know you even really want that as well? Like it's, it's, it's not always easy to be with like a high value man. So what did this guy do for a living? Um, he is like a higher up for like an energy um, distribution center. And mm -hmm. then he has, side business a side dj business and then he has um properties as well i am well chuffed that somebody of that caliber watches my stuff and even had the balls to mention it to you on a date because i would generally not recommend talking to a date about my stuff and be like hey do you watch rich cooper have you seen this stuff because it's probably it's probably not going to go that way but I guess the good part of it is that it's going to weed out anybody that is vehemently opposed to anything that I say. So you guys yeah. got along good? Did you get a second date? Oh, no. Yeah, we saw each other for about six months. Yeah, it was, oh, it was good. great. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, uh, but it wrapped up. It ran its course. So what happened? Yeah, it, it ran its course. Um, I have nothing but good things to say about him. But mm -hmm. it was kind of like my point, though, of just like I kind of felt like secondary to his life. And I kind of felt like in the moment he had mm -hmm. just started his business at the same time his second business mm. the same time that we met and it was kind of hard to like fit everything in between and i was moving at the time and i was just like i think i just need to just like be alone for now and mm. we, we talk now we're on great terms i have nothing but mm. good things to say about him i just don't think i was really cut out for it at the time mm. did you did you have an issue coming second to him and his purpose um because I, I noticed I, that some women struggle with that. Um, maybe, maybe a little bit. I was always really supportive, and I did believe in his vision. Like he, he, he is successful in the things that he does. But yeah, I mean, yeah, not trouble supporting it, but maybe just like trouble feeling like seen and like feeling like I had like a present partner. If that mm -hmm. makes sense. 
so so were you seen or or were you not seen in a way that was comfortable for you um i mean i it was harder for me to feel like like i was an important part of his life but he mm. would say that um but it was i don't know maybe we just had different like love languages or something like that it was just hard for me to feel like i was of importance i don't i really don't know so it was, for me it was harder to like bond with him because I felt like every time that we talked, he would talk about all of his things that he had going on and like A, B, C, and D. And I was mm -hmm. always, in, but it just, it was hard. But then it would be like, okay, so what about you? But I'm not doing all of those things, right? So it was kind of like an imbalance there. Yeah, so the so the whole love language thing has been debunked. Um, yeah. It doesn't, it, it's not a thing. Um, are you okay with coming behind a man's purpose in life? Because I mean, if you want to be with a top shelf guy and like, what's your goal? Are you looking to have a family? Are you looking to climb the corporate ladder? Like, what are you trying to do? Definitely not climb the corporate ladder. I definitely okay. want to be, um, but yeah, that's something that I've been asking myself, Rich is it's like, it's like, okay, I had that and he's a great man. And I didn't feel like, like it was where I was needed to be. Like, I just don't, I, I'm unsure. I'm really unsure because I don't, I don't want to fall into that, that corporate ladder. And I, and I definitely want a family that's like my top priority. And I really mm -hmm. had to sit back and think about like what it is that I want. But well, if you're thinking about this now in your twenties, that's really good because like I said, time does move fast and you like you're, one year beauty and your fertility is obviously perishable and it's a lot more perishable for women than it is for men, unfortunately. And that's not, I'm not misogynistic by saying that. That's just a yeah. fact of science and biology. And I think you understand that, which is, which is good because we don't need to argue about that, but coming, coming into a dude's life, supporting his mission, entering his frame, being a compliment, let, you know, letting it be known and clear that the reason why you're there is because you dig his vibe and you're looking to start a family. That's right. that's the correct path to go down. How you two figure that out, mm -hmm. how you structure it, I'm I'm not imposing you know beliefs on anybody. I'm just offering experiences and ideas with the stuff that I talk about. So when I say things like I'm not a big fan of marriage, don't get married, get married. Doesn't matter to me. I'm right. more talking to guys though. It's like, look, you know, if you're yeah. a smart guy, don't do it in such a way where it could potentially cause risk. And pay attention to what she's about, size her up, see what her red flags are like. So guys that are watching my stuff, and it's interesting that it's getting to the point now where it's it's coming up on a conversation on a date. Hey, hi, Rachel, you know, there's this guy, Rich Cooper, and you sound a lot like his stuff and you, you, know, <laughs> you, you start to connect with it. That's actually a pretty good thing. And believe it or not, I think that it facilitates far better relationships when men can be in their masculine and they can pursue excellence, put a dent in the universe, and be admired by a feminine beauty that enters his frame and is a compliment to it. And men and women are better together than they are apart. Right. It's just the guy needs to know how to lead and set proper boundaries. And a woman has to be okay with following that lead and those boundaries. Absolutely. I agree. Right. Mm -hmm. So you don't really have anything to challenge me on. Did you have any other questions? Cause I got a bunch of people waiting to hop on. No, no, I didn't have anything to challenge you on. I just kind of just did it. So, cool. all right. Well, if you ever have, have anything in the future, feel free to call back in. Okay. Thank you, Rich. Have a good See night. You, Rachel. Ciao. All right. Let's give it to Robert. Um, Hey buddy. How you doing? Hey Rich. How you doing, man? What do you got for me tonight? Oh man. First of all, big fan. Uh, you know, you're, you're, 
your 20 red flags chapter is like the constitution of my life. Like it's, uh, you know, oh, and also a fellow Toronto resident, you know what I mean? So yeah, so um, about eight months ago, I met a girl. Okay. And so again, you know, your 20 red, like first thing, like now I pulled that thing out, I start checking boxes, you know what I mean? It's, a, it's, a, it's like a map, right? And dude, like 22 years old, had been with uh, two guys before me. Uh, great relationship with her dad, no tattoos, uh, you know, genuine burning desire. And by the way, I didn't mention she is fine as a ticket, Rich. When I tell you like, ooh, I almost, I'm almost scared of like going out with her because I know like the way, like if you go out of bars at night, like dudes get a little shaky, okay. you know? So, so here is, here is my thing though, Rich, right? Um, I, I love the chase, brother. I love the chase. I, I'm one of those people, I thrive. Like, like bamboozling a young lady out of her drawers is my favorite sport. You know what I mean? I'm an amateur stand-up comic. I work in sales. So I have one of those personalities that does really well with women. But like, I'm at a point right now, I'm like, I really don't want to mess this up with this girl. Uh, because, you know, I really like her. But I now start asking myself, does that sound like one-nighter? So I mean, kind of this like, confused place so i have to deal with like um, are you just dating uh, her yeah yeah like we're dating now so like uh, you have, uh, probably going on to nine months now okay. uh, i'm just dating her right now but rich i ain't, I ain't gonna lie yeah. to you man that, especially with summertime did she have the talk with you yeah, yeah she had the talk with me uh um, you know where do we stand i want to yeah you. i don't want to share you blah 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 Honestly, man, let me tell you something. Like after I, like you know, after I, uh, I, I you know, I put, I put all her parameters against your twenty red flag chapter. I'm like, this makes sense. You know what I mean? That's another reason why I feel a little bit shook because I'm like, if she checks all this many great boxes, I really don't want to mess this up because I don't have a lot of deep discipline. I mean, so far I've managed, but summertime is coming, Rich, and I don't know, man. Like you're looking real good this summer, so like. I'm kind of like in one of those positions where I'm like, what do I do? And also, I'm 34 years old. And what are you worried about? Just be clear with the question. Like, so, so what I'm worried, like, I, 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 there's a part of me that's, it's kind of like one of those situations where I look at them, like, you know, great things happen, uh, like great things happen to terrible people every day. Like, yeah. I'm not going to lie to you, Rich. I haven't been good at monogamy. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, uh, it's been a challenge for me for a long time. And, but this is the first girl that I've met where I'm like, wow, okay. Like I, I can genuinely, like if, if I don't try to lock this down, then there is no hope left for me kind of thing. So like uh, my question for you is, does that sound like one night is, or is yeah, it like- just, Yeah, let me just yeah. stop you on the lockdown thing because it's like, yeah. when I start hearing guys say, if I don't lock this down, mm-hmm. it's like, you don't own her, bro. You know, she, yeah. like she's like, she is a human of the earth. Right. And if she's chosen you and mm-hmm. she continues to choose you, Mm-hmm. and wakes up every morning and sees you as her best option pretty mm-hmm. much other guys are invisible right mm-hmm. like she doesn't really see them okay mm-hmm. it's it's when it's when you start to falter it's when things don't really go the way that that they're planned to go and you don't hold good frame with it that's when you mm-hmm. have problems Lo- like the whole locking down like i need to lock her down i don't mm-hmm. think women like that yeah like, I, I maybe maybe i used the, the wrong the, the wrong word i think i think what i meant to say was you know, it like if if I had sat down and wrote down everything that I wanted in a woman, I still could not have hit it as well. So my 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 thing is like, as I mentioned, like you know, in your book you talk about like uh, having like cool things to invite girls to, right? Yeah. So oh, I don't know if that's on my end. Or, oh yeah. So yeah. So that like I. 
you know, I, uh, I'm a stand-up comedian, right? So that, like, it, it's, I, Rich, I, I don't know if I have to, like, spell it down. Like, it just, it makes it really, really easy to meet really, really cool women. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things where, like, there was a part of me that's, like, you know, I, I've, I've always had a hard time resisting temptation. And if I found myself in a position where, like, I'm having to deal with those feelings, should I give it? Is it, should so, I talk to her about self- Self self control is something that you got to figure out for yourself. If right. You want if you want to be with her, mm-hmm. and you agree to monogamy, all right. Then make sure that you choose it, that it's not right. forced on you. Because if she says, you know, you have to be monogamous, but you're not about that, mm-hmm. you're just going to run into problems. So make sure it's not enforced on you. Make sure that it's chosen. Okay? Right. If it's mm-hmm. not chosen, then just be clear with her and say, look, mm-hmm. I don't do monogamy. Mm-hmm. That's it. I dig your vibe. We're going to hang out. We're going to have a good time. All right. I might go outside from time to time. I'm not going to put your health at risk, whatever, you mm. know, make her mm. feel comfortable about it. But just, you know, be, be honest about it. Right. You're going to run into problems later on down the road, dude. It's not worth the drama. It's not, you know, it's not worth the aggravation. And, you know, to be honest with you, like, I know that you're in your thirties, you're still excited about women, hot women around, blah, blah, blah. But uh, <laughs> you're, you're, You'll actually find at some point that mm. you're you're able to to produce and do more and get more done in your life and have a, a better network when mm-hmm. you focus on that rather than chasing tail. Chasing right. women is not a good ROI. It's not mm-hmm. a good return on investment. And there's a lot of dudes out there that are all just, you know, just rack up a thousand notch counts and buy my PUA course and I've got 1,273 notches under my belt and blah, 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 right? <laughs> These guys, they're just losers, man. Like there's stuff missing, you know, between the years, like the motor's running, but nobody's really behind the wheel of all they're focusing on all day long is just banging chicks. Mm -hmm. So are you where you're at? Like, are you your best version of yourself? Are you your 10 out of 10? Uh, I would say, I mean, you know, not in, not in all facets. I mean, you know, I I take care of myself. Like yourself on a scale of one to 10. On, his, on, on all aspects, we're talking about like the physical, the financial, the yeah, everything, like all together. And with 10 being the absolute best version of yourself and one being the yeah, worst. Yeah. I would say about six and a half. Yeah. So you got a lot mm-hmm. of, you got yeah. a lot of growth, right? Definitely. And, and if mm-hmm. you want to keep women in your, in your frame, like if you mm-hmm. want to be with you and mm-hmm. like the lockdown hack is not getting married. It's, it's like, it's like getting married doesn't lock down women because if it did, then there would be no divorce. <laughs> That's true. But 50% yeah. of the time it doesn't work out. And 80% of the time when divorces are initiated, it's women leaving men, not men leaving women. So the whole right. locker down thing, forget about that bullshit. You want mm-hmm. to lock down a chick, be a 10 out of 10. Yes, sir. Be be so damn good that every other dude out there that she interacts with is practically invisible and she's mm-hmm. excited to see you every single day. That's awesome. That's the lockdown strategy. Yeah. If that makes no, sense. I mean, that, that definitely she, she's at that point now. Like she... Like, it's funny, earlier you were talking about, like, uh, uh, I think the example of your friend who was in the Tim Hortons drive-thru, yeah. and you made me think, like, you know, this almost, like, derives an uncanny pleasure out of paying for things. And, like, you know, you will see the first time when a girl, try, you know, tries to do it, and, you know, they will do it as a way to try to kind of lure you in, in a way. Yeah. No, like, she is, you know, um, and, you know, I've, I've read your book over and over, and you talk about frame and, and that genuine burning desire. It, and it, that's what... I'm just gonna get get you to lower your voice because you're practically screaming. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's not that I like you're super loud. Um, oh, my apologies. If yeah. you get to the point where you're where you're financially sorted, mm-hmm. you, you should tell a woman that you're with 
-hmm. stop taking out your wallet. It's embarrassing me. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm taking care of when we go out. Right. Right. I'm taking right. care of the meals when we get something like if there's a random thing, she's going out to pick something up that that's fine. But if we're going out, right. I tell my girl, like, don't even take out your wallet. Like mm -hmm. I got this, like, let me handle this please. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cause it's practically insulting at this point. Right. So it's like, just try right. Get to that <laughs> point. Like work on stuff like that, right? Don't, right, right. Don't don't chase tail. Don't worry about the lockdown. Work on you. Work on your frame. The whole mental mm -hmm. point of origin means that you're putting yourself first and you're putting that dent in the universe and you're bringing her along for the ride. She wants to go for that ride. She doesn't yes, want so. to lead you. She wants to be led, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good women want to be led. Right. Lost girls <laughs> they sometimes want to lead or they want to like, you know, be by your side and sort of like, let's go together. It's like, okay, yeah. well. That's one angle. I got a lot of people wait, waiting, bro. Yes, sir. So got to let you go. Yes, sir. Some other calls, okay? You're a gem of a man, Rich. Thank you. All right, man. Take care. All right. Um, and again, guys, if you want to call in, the link is pinned at the top of YouTube. Uh, here, let me grab that, and I'll get to another caller in just one second. Uh, paste that in the all chat. So if you're watching this elsewhere on the interwebs, head over to YouTube. The call-in link is at the top. It says StreamYard right there. Uh, let's give it to Alicia. Alicia, I think. There we go. Alicia, how you doing? Oh, you're muted. You got to take that uh, line through the mic at the My bottom mom, of your screen. Uh, there you go. How you doing? I'm well. I really enjoyed uh, hearing. I, I honestly haven't read your book, and I'm just kind of being introduced to your channel. So okay. I definitely appreciate your approach and how you handled you know, the whole locking down women. I think that was really nice of you to say. Yeah, does that make sense? Absolutely. I 100% I agree that when, at least for me, when I'm in a relationship, it's that person and no one else, um, mm. you know, and, and I think that that's a good thing and a bad thing. Um, I think that it, get, it gets to the point where you're like, I don't realize that there's other people out there. And then if it ends, then, you know, you're kind of in this, like, not in, a, in an obsessive state, but you're like, now it almost feels wrong to think about somebody else in that manner, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah, it's it's not something that you want to enforce on a woman. I mean, if a guy's ever tried to set boundaries around you, um, it's generally uncomfortable for women is what I find. It's It needs to be a choice, right? It's like, okay, look, um, like one of the things that I encourage guys to set a boundary around is don't deal with women that keep guys from their past around, right? So if you dated somebody for a period of time, obviously you're intimate with them. I'm not good with my girl going out to lunch with, you know, Fred or whatever. It's like, look, it's as simple as I don't take women seriously that behave like that. Like I can't be in a relationship with somebody that does that. So if you do that and that's your choice, you can kind of go. So it's not an enforced boundary. It's like a choice that you have to make. So it's, it, it's a, it's a careful dance that you have to walk. And I think a lot of guys struggle with it because they have a lot of social anxiety around women. They're not particularly calibrated well. It's a bit of an issue. Did you have a question or did you want to challenge me on something tonight? Like, what did you want to chop up on this show? No, I just kind of ran uh, across, I think it's Moth, Moth, something like that. Oh, okay, okay. We kind of just crossed paths and, uh, you know, I just kind of wanted to tune in. Are you single? Um, or are you in a relationship right now? Like, what's your story? I'm single. Mm -hmm. um, I have not recently, but in the last year, gotten out of a six-year relationship. Okay. Um, and ended pretty badly. So, um, you know, kind of like what we're talking about, I was, I was all in, I was invested, exes were blocked, didn't have guys on social media, didn't go out on the weekends, mm -hmm. you know, I kind of sheltered myself to be this, um, not introvert, but I guess that's what you would call it. I went to the gym, 
I did the groceries. I cleaned the house. I, I managed it all mm-hmm. and kind of put him first, put him through his version of school while, you know, we had both been out of undergrad. Um, and when it was his turn, uh, he, he backed out. His so, turn to? To kind of take over. So we were together okay. for almost six years. Um, in September, uh, one of his coworkers had reached out to me and was like trying to hit on me. And at first I thought it was like a joke because it was like his best friend. Mm. And um, I was like, that's really inappropriate. Like I will be telling my ex. Um, and he was like, well, your ex is cheating on you with his partner. With so his business partner? They're in law enforcement. Oh, okay. So they're cops. Got it. Right. So, you know, I had invested six years. We I had, we had just been in contact with a mortgage broker. We were going to get a mm. second dog. We had a house together. Um, we had it all together, right? Things weren't great. Things were really bad. Um, he could never make up his mind. There was a lot of red flags, but I was invested, right? Like I was doing it. You know, I always accepted the apology. I always looked at him first. He mm. was like the alpha, you know, that kind of like structure. And I was just there like to put it all in the place, to be that homemaker, to be that like mm. figure. So while I agree with like the being with one person and being like invested in them and, you know, for me, I like to be in my feminine. um, I feel like, I don't know, I guess I'm kind of confused at like, at what point does the man back out on that? Like if, you know, you're all invested, like I'm doing everything I can. Like, you know, I considered myself to be attractive. I consider myself to be in, you know, fitness. Was, Was he invested in this partner of his? Like they would go out and date, they would uh, see each other, you know, beyond just work. Um, not to my knowledge, he was always home if he wasn't at work. I knew his schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, was she in a relationship too? She was engaged, and she, they she had just engaged. Had, okay, they just had a baby. Yeah. Oh, and they so, just had a baby. Yeah, so he didn't meet her until April of 2022, mm-hmm. and you know he kept coming home to me and being like, "I do not like her. I don't feel safe working with her." Um, she always, uh, but he's banging you know, her though. Uh, I didn't, I don't know. I see. I, I was just told by his close friend, his male close friend mm-hmm. who I had, you know, been around, been out with, um, that he was cheating on me with the coworker. So mm-hmm. I had got suspicions and I had started asking questions and I had looked through his phone. He handed it to me. I looked through his phone. Um, I didn't see anything. I had checked his Apple watch when he wasn't looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had put me in this crazy mindset. And so one day he's in the shower and he's playing music and I hear it stop for like a little second. And it's, it's like a thing when you take a picture on Snapchat, mm-hmm. it stops the music for one brief second. So I kind of like move the curtain and I'm like, what, who are you taking pictures for in the shower? And he's like, get out. You're crazy. Like doesn't say anything. Just calls me crazy, which was a common theme for him, for me, you know, when I asked a question and, um, yeah, so I, I I had been like, okay, like who are we Snapchatting? Like, what's going on? He's like, get out. So he walks mm-hmm. the dog comes back in. Then I come to find out he's like, it's just my coworker. I'm like, okay, like why are we Snapchatting? That's <laughs> my coworker. Let me Snapchat my coworkers in the shower. Like that's weird. Yeah. And so I figure that out, and then um, he ends. He cuts it off right there. There's no explanation. The next couple of days ends it with you or ends it with her? Ends it with me. Okay. Like cold turkey. We were literally in the middle of uh, about to buy a mortgage three days before we had just renewed our 15 month lease yeah. on our townhouse. We had, um, we were about to buy something. Like I said, we were, were you guys talking about having kids like a family? Well, that's where it gets a little juicy. So I wanted, I wanted kids. I mm. really wanted kids. I invested six years. I mean, I'm only 25, but at the same time, like, you know, I wanted it. Right. I was like, this is the man for me. I'm loyal. This is all that's, I want. 
it's beyond me why women try to wait into their 30s and 40s. It's just nuts. But carry on. Yeah, um, I, I really wanted kids. Like I was two years out from graduating grad school. You know, I was going to practice for a little bit mm. and then, you know, have the kids. And I, I was going to be my own boss. I was going to be able to take care of my things, do what I wanted. So I was set. He was like, I don't want kids. I don't know if I believe in marriage. I don't want to be tied down. Well, lo and behold, things get a little toxic when the breakup happens. He starts popping out of the house, doing things. Um, so I move out a couple weeks later. I left all my furniture. My name's on everything. Everything's financed through my credit. Um, you know, I left it all. And my name was supposed to be taken off. Turns out it wasn't. So come to find out, um, it's confirmed in December. I found out on Christmas Eve that they're actually together, that she was, like, living in my house. Um, they were, like, raising her baby together. Oh no. So he even cucked himself. What a dummy. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what happened with her and the fiance. I don't know how him and her got together. I just know that his friend was like trying to hit on me, trying to get with me and was like, okay, by the way, well, if you don't want to mm. get with me, she so that's what I found out. And then, um, a couple months later, my friend FaceTimes me and she's like, I have something, I have some really bad news and she's pregnant by him. Okay. Babies with me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, look, um, <laughs> life kind of has a way of showing you these things and you're, and you're, and you're better off for it now than yeah. what you would have been trying to push through it. Um, I mean, I'd like to hear his side of the story too, but at the end of the day, I would love to hear it. <laughs> you know, they always say there's, you know, there's her side and there's his side and there's truth somewhere in the middle, you know, between those. But, um, like as far as any advice for what to do in a scenario like that is let that shit go. I mean, if you're carrying around any kind of resentment or guilt around that, one of the problems that I see with women as they get older is I don't see them dealing with trauma that, that, that they come across. And it's one of the arguments a lot of guys make for dating younger women, not just because they're more youthful, beautiful and fertile, but also they have less baggage. There's less of he, he hurt me. He cheated on me. He, he, whatever me, you know, um, because, what I've seen people do, and it's not just women to do this, but it seems to be that women like to do this more than men from my experience is that they'll take bricks. You know, if I can use a visual, they'll grab a Sharpie and they'll write, he cheated on me and they'll throw it in a burlap bag and they put it on their back. And this is an invisible bag and this is an invisible brick. Uh, you know, he hurt me. He, whatever, he pushed me down the stairs. You know, he was whatever, you know, he, he ignored me and they, and they keep filling this bag with bricks and they carry it around. Like it's a badge of honor, like it's pride. And if there's any advice that I can give you is if you have any resentment or guilt, because these are the two most negative emotions you can have as a human, one towards yourself, one towards somebody else, is get that shit worked on. Yeah. Right? Because I mean, the last thing you want to do is bring that to the guy that might be the father of your kids that you build a family with, and you've got that resentment or you have some guilt in there somewhere. And it's like, he could be a totally normal, great guy, but because you've got that bag of bricks hanging over your shoulder and you're still carrying it around like it's a prize, you don't have a proper functional type of relationship and people have to learn how to take that thing and just put it down and walk away from it. Cause that's really all that you have to do. I can tell there's a little bit of, um, there's a bit of a burn, you know, with, with the way that you're telling the story, which is normal, right? It's how long ago did this happen? Uh, so we had ended the relationship. Well, he had ended the relationship in September. Mm -hmm. Um, since then I have not dated. I have not interact. I mean, I've like talked okay. to people. I've kind of recently just got into like being open to the idea of dating, but I've just completely ghosted anybody that seemed interested in me. I've just been working on myself, working on my school. Ghosted um, guys that were interested in you. I'm sorry. What was that? You ghosted guys that were interested in you. 
Yeah, so I, I had went home for a little bit. I'm from Maryland, so I went home mm -hmm. and a lot of people had to express interest or, you know, there was a few people. I was kind of like texting, but I was just like being friendly because I didn't talk to males in six years. So I was like, I got to start interacting. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's not, it can't just be me and my girls anymore. Like I do need to be open to the idea of at least male friends. Yeah, so, so I mean, like where some women go with that, sometimes they go to dark places where they start reading like Why Men Love Bitches or some, one of these like ridiculous books that encourage women to, not be nice right yeah. because guys aren't nice because guys do bad things to women sort of thing and like i said earlier you know men and women are better together than they are apart right so whatever you know is causing you to ghost or not talk to these guys and some of them might be normal you know like one of them could be a perfectly normal human being that would be a great father to a, a family sort of thing right. um figure out what what that resentment or guilt happens to look like and deal with it and i'm not a qualified person to help you dig through that but all yeah. I really do is I talk to people, have conversations, I hold up mirrors, you know, I show them stuff that I'm seeing. I think people, you know, in the live show right now or in the chat probably see and they'll probably a comment below, but um, you get the idea, right? Like for you yeah. to be able to move on, you have to let that shit go because the last thing you want to do is carry that into the next relationship. And the last thing a top shelf guy wants to deal with is Absolutely. a gal that brings her baggage from the last relationship into his life. Yeah. And that's what I've been saying. You know, I've been like my friends and, you know, people in my life are like, why aren't you dating? Why aren't you talking to guys? Like you're young, you're in your prime. And I'm like, I don't think anybody deserves to have any ounce of what I just had to carry or like I'm dealing with. And I'm not really dealing with it anymore. This was just like the talking point of like how I am in a relationship and yeah. how I need my all. You know, who has um, got some good material, Alicia. There's a, there's a lady. Um, she's got a book called um, Mating in Captivity. Esther mm -hmm. Perel is her name. I would start with that. Okay. Yeah, she's she's a uh, she's a well trained psychotherapist. She's on TED Talks. Um, I mean, she does it from the feminine perspective. So I think you hearing about a lot of these uh, relationship woes, the way that she you know defines it, the way that men and women deal with this sort of stuff, whether it's cheating, betrayal, um, you know, like any number of those ways that you want to define it, infidelity. She has a nice accent. She's like infidelity. Uh, <laughs> Check out her stuff. It's actually pretty good. Okay, perfect. Yeah, um, I appreciate the recommendation. All right, take care. Thank you. All right, I got a bunch of other guys here. I got to get to. Uh, if you need to call in, guys, the link is pinned at the top. Moff is there in the green room to make sure your audio checks out. Um, I'm gonna go to uh, An Andrew. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing your name right, brother, but uh, help me out here. Is it is it Andrew? You're muted. You're gonna have to unmute yourself. There you go. It's uh, Andri. Andri. Okay, what do you got for me tonight, my man? Uh, Richard, I uh, just wanted to say how much I appreciate uh, what you're doing, and I've been a fan of your uh, podcast before it was even called this. It was before the train wreck. And, yeah, long um, time ago, man. That was like 200 episodes ago. Yeah, I was still around when you had the M5, and I, uh, I, okay. I was in a different world back then. I was small fish in a big pond, and... I'm a little bit of a larger fish now, but All in right. terms of the topic today, I'm having some trouble understanding the difference between um, flaunting your wealth and being able to be in a comfortable position where you don't think that what you're showing off is going to be attracting the wrong kinds of people, aka gold diggers. Well, if you're, look, there's nothing wrong with enjoying your life. I'm a car guy. I like fast cars. I drive an exotic. I put loads of miles on it. I drive on rallies for like, I, put, 
I bought the car with like 14 or 15,000 kilometers. It's got 36,000 on it. Like I drive the shit out of my McLaren. I drive it everywhere. And I don't care if people look at me and say, oh, that guy's flaunting his wealth. Because what I'm doing is I'm enjoying myself. And if they want to look at it as flaunting his wealth or he has a small PP or whatever, you know, the narrative happens to be, I don't give a flying F, right? Now, if you're going out and you're buying a flash car, and you never drive it anywhere, and all you do is you just shine it up, and you park it places, and you stand there, and you pose, and you take pictures, and you pretend like you're a drop shipping expert, and here's my Lambo bro sort of thing. That's a different story, right? Now, like I said earlier, do what you want with signaling significance and impact and wealth and you know your little dent in the universe sort of narrative. Do it you know, whatever shape, way, or form that you feel comfortable with. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, look, I did something with my life, right? There's a reason why when people compete, let's use something like Formula One. When, when race drivers compete in Formula One, there's a ceremony at the end and everybody gets around and there's a podium and there's champagne and there's a big giant cup and, you know, they're celebrated, you know, sort of thing. These sorts of things are absolutely fine and normal. Like human beings are supposed to compete. Men like to compete, especially, right? Um, you know, I always say that, Women don't care about a man's struggles. They hang out at the finish line and they pick the winner, right? So this is why men like to compete. It's not, it's not for women. It's just that one of the consequences of being competitive and doing well in life and you know showing that off is women are obviously going to be interested in you because you're a winner. Now, as far as what to do with the wealth was the second part of the question. That's correct. I think I'm almost handicapping myself because of the fear of not wanting to display my wealth for what I have for my age. Yeah. And, uh, an example of that is the vehicle that I drive. Mm -hmm. I made a example uh, earlier on about if you drive an older vehicle that you have money, then you're kind of not really enjoying what it is that you're out to enjoy. And well, if you're not a car guy, like there's loads of guys that like I know like legit eight, nine figure people that will drive a shitty like 10 year old Honda Odyssey minivan. Right. Just because they're not car guys like they like they just don't get excited about exotic cars, which is fine, right? Maybe they're into watches or boats or something else, but I think that you care too much about what people think, right? Like if you're a car guy and you like nice cars, buy a nice car. Yeah, I, uh, I wanted to ask you, do you think if I drive an older vehicle, like a 25, 27 year old vehicle, but it's in very good condition, do you think that will be a detractor or do you think it'll be a neutral thing or do you think that'll be sort of an attractor do you do you like a 27 year old car it, i do is that your yes. thing so good so drive it you don't need my permission if it's you know if it's what you like then drive it like i like i like 1970 boss 429 mustangs my favorite muscle car um i would i would love to drive one of those is it not you know like is it practical is it a good daily driver is it you know, going to get me where I want to go. It's not, you know, it's more of like a cars and coffee sort of thing. You, you know, you look at it sort of thing. It appreciates in value. So if you're talking about like an old car, just because you like an old sort of car, just dude, you don't need anybody's permission. This is the problem that guys have is they, is they look around for acceptance and permission for people, for things that it's not required for. You know, if you want to drive an old 20, 10, 15 year old Honda minivan or car, do it. You know, if that's your if that's your jam, do it. I'm not going to judge you. I'm I'm not going to hang out with you though. Like we're not going to be doing rallies together, shit. I don't care. Like you know, 
that's that's how most like if you truly understood how little other people think about the stuff that you think that they're thinking about you would be laughing your ass off right now because nobody really thinks about you as much as you think they think about you i know that sounds like a bit of a puzzle but people don't actually think about you or judge you as much as you think they do that's a good point i mean if you want to see people judge you create a youtube channel and start making videos and then read all of the comments and you're going to see the autism blow up in your face but <laughs> for the most part who cares like i don't even read comments for that reason because i don't care like the people's opinion that i care about are already friends of mine and it's because i solicit their opinion right don't don't care so much about what people think of you do you enjoy yourself um if you're doing anything that you know could potentially expose you to risk racing wear a helmet uh dating well do it in such a way where you don't invite crazy in your life and vet them against the red flags you see what i'm saying when i had my r3 i made sure to get the best helmet possible even though it's just a starter bike because yeah you never know what can happen what'd you do with the r3 did you just sell it uh, i had to sell it i wanted to get an antique because i wanted to go up in cc's and okay I wanted to get something a little bit better for the highway so okay what did you get I ended up getting a Virago and then nice. I upgraded to a Maxim because it was a four cylinder. So. Good. Have fun. Enjoy it and be safe Thank with you. that thing, man. Thank you. All right. All right. Take care. All right, brother. Take care. Um, all right. I'm going to get to another caller in a second. We got, uh, we got, apparently we have a gal that disagrees with me. So we'll see what that's about. Again, guys, the link to call in is pinned at the top of uh, the YouTube channel. It says call in and ask me a question. It's a StreamYard link and Moff will, uh, Get you squared away with your uh, audio and make sure it works. So let's see what Sarah's got for us here. Hi, Sarah. You're muted, by the way. There you go. Hi, how are you? Good. So you have a disagreement with me tonight. Is that, did I read that right? Um, yeah, I guess so. Um, I was just kind of told to come on and talk to you if that's okay. okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Fire away. What do you got for me? Um, I think just some of your stuff that I've seen online about women being attracted to men who have money mm -hmm. <laughs> and that like men like women for sex and women like men for money and it's kind of stated as a fact well it's it's men are success objects to women and women are beauty objects to men right yeah. so it, it's just several things you've said that um you know you're you blow up on the internet i've seen some of your videos <laughs> you know okay. i've watched them in passing and um just respectfully, I just wanted to say that I do disagree. And okay. um, yeah. You don't see men as uh, success objects? No. Okay. How do you view men? As people. Okay. Yeah. And like I have, I have a younger brother. Um, mm -hmm. He's an incredibly talented, very emotionally intelligent guy. And, okay. you know, he had a choice in college. He went to a really great university, he had a choice, you know, go into computer engineering. Mm -hmm. work at Google, make a lot of money or become a psych psychotherapist, you know, okay. and he chose, he chose the money route Okay. and he's not happy now. He's burnt out. He's working this crazy job. And I'm like, you know, you would make a great therapist. Like, I think you could help people. Like, mm -hmm. why did you go this other route? You're so talented. And I think people have talents and intellects and it's not just about this very like binary thing you're discussing you know what i mean well money is just one piece of the puzzle when it comes to success right right like a a success object to women is what they what they look at when they put all the pieces of the puzzle together right 
he's competent, he's funny, he can make it rain, meaning he knows how to make money. And whether you can make, you know, a million dollars a year or a hundred thousand dollars a year is still making money. It's just, it's just the level of which wealth comes in. Um, can he fix things? Is he humble? Does he know how to make me laugh? Like, uh, like the success component is probably the biggest part, especially how old are you, Sarah? Um, I'm 29. Okay. Especially as you get older, because women, you know, we're here for a reason, you know, biological reasons, obviously men are here to scatter seed. Women are here to, you know, make babies. Um, women, when they're looking at choosing the father of their children or their child are looking for men that can provide and protect for that child. And the most successful guys generally are the ones that are spoiled for choice when it comes to women. So I know that it doesn't sound romantic or sexy or modern or progressive, but that's why we're all here today is because our ancestors chose, well, the female ancestors anyway, chose successful men. If they chose losers that didn't have the ability to provide or protect, you know, for the children or for the family, you and I wouldn't be talking today. Right now, as far as the other side of that equation where women are beauty objects, um, that's a reality. That's, that's why men talk to women because they're beautiful. Right. Um, they're not talking like <laughs> I've said this before and I'm, I'm not sure if you heard it on a video anywhere, but it's like, there is no guy ever in history that has looked at a woman's degree on a wall, framed a mahogany with little letters after name that went, Oh, just look at that degree, man. That's hot. doesn't happen. Otherwise there would be like porn magazines would have degrees in them, but what's in porn magazines? Like what do men respond to the feminine figure? They respond to feminine beauty, right? So again, it's, it's not, it's not the typical, you know, progressive sort of like comfortable thing that a lot of people like to hear, but it's the truth, right? It's why when, you know, they tell women, uh, Hey gal, you know, you're beautiful at any size. I think that's the worst thing that you can tell women. Not only is it unhealthy and you're probably going to end up with diabetes, but you don't look good. Telling, telling somebody that they look good completely out of shape is bad in my view. Do you disagree with that? Um, I mean, I do think that I'm definitely not going to disagree that women are probably their most beautiful when they look a certain way or yeah. they act a certain way. I mean, if women were, yeah. weren't, weren't beauty objects, then why do they dye their hair? Why do they wear makeup? Why do they put eyelash extensions on? Why do they wear high heels? Why do they wear push-up bras, right? Because they know yeah, that they're beauty Yeah, but I think objects. men are as well. I mean, I don't know many Not women. to the same degree. Men, don't, men don't go on and, and put on like push-up pectoral uh, pieces or anything like that. They but do. Women do. They get implants and fill. If you live in LA, San Diego, I mean, implants, fillers, Botox, anti-aging, hair implants. I, look, I know that there's some guy that are some guys out there that, that, that follow that new trend, but it's more uncommon than it is common. All women will put on makeup, almost all women, let's say almost all women in their youth will put on makeup and nice outfits when they go out, especially if they're going out for the night, you know, with their girlfriends, because they know that they're beauty ob objects and for them to compete amongst other women, they have to look good. I think a lot of women, even if a man had money would reject him if he were not physically attractive to them. Women would reject him if he, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course. Me yeah. See, the, see the bar for men is, the, the expectation out of men is a lot higher than it is for the expectation out of women. Men prioritize availability, essentially. It's as simple as that. Is she available? 
when I text her, does she respond to me? Right. If I ask her on a date, does she show up? Like men will prioritize availability, but women, it's like, you know, it moves all over the place, right? There's times in their lives where they prioritize success and money. There's times in their lives where that doesn't matter. He's got tattoos and a motorcycle and he just got thrown out of prison. That guy's good tonight, right? It varies. It varies. But generally speaking, the way that it works is that men are success objects and women are beauty objects. Yeah, and I appreciate you listening to my disagreements, even though my camera's off. So I hope no, I'm, I'm hey, listen, I, yeah. I I actually prefer having conversations with people that disagree because it it leads to other conversations, it leads to other ideas. One of the so let me ask you this question then, because where I would like to take it then is what is a better solution? So if I'm wrong, what is your solution to it? Exactly. And I think that was my main issue is sometimes, well, I haven't gone too deeply into your videos and I know mm. To get money from views, you have to have a lot of views and viral videos are polarizing. And part of me wonders, you know, is this a strategy for you to make money? And like, but yeah, just putting out content that's a little bit more uplifting to both genders, I think, and just mm -hmm. looking for solutions. Like what are people in committed, happy relationships doing correctly? And how- Well, I do talk about that too, but yeah, most people don't hear those conversations because they, they don't trend as well. Exactly. So I totally get what you're saying because I, but I have had those conversations. Like I've said many, many times, like the most successful long-term relationships that I know with married couples, these are people that I know intimately well are couples that, that run their lives where they have blue jobs and pink jobs where the man take care of the masculine roles in a household and the women take care of the feminine roles in a household. So they complement each other's lives. Right. I've said that many, many times, but that never gets the views. You know what gets the views? Oh, she doesn't care about your struggles. She hangs out at the winner at the finish line and bangs the winner, right? Like that, that yeah. will get the views. But I don't control that. I just say the words and then people watch what they want to watch. Yeah, even though there's tons of super loyal women out there who hang with guys like from the beginning when they're nothing. Yeah, there's loads of super loads loyal of women them. out there that will stick through you through thick and thin. Absolutely true. But there's okay. conditions to that too, right? Like one of the things that I've noticed with that condition is whenever I have that conversation with somebody that's counseling and they're like, but hang on a second, Rich, I've seen women bend over backwards and jump through hoops and, and flames and all sorts of stuff to, to do whatever they can to, to protect and preserve the marriage. Okay. Then the next thing that I am curious about then, because I know that women are hypergamous and they always look for better. So are men. <laughs> But men aren't hypergamous. They are. They want the hottest. They want women hotter than them. They want more beautiful than them. They want more emotionally right. intelligent, high empathy, nurturing. But that's I'm not the definition of hypergamy. The definition is seeking somebody of greater socioeconomic status than yourself. It's it's like it just has to do essentially with status, which which ties into money and influence and you know um, being being that that guy that just sorts of get it. So, you know, whenever women say, oh, but men are hypergamous too, they're not. Men just prioritize beauty. Men prioritize availability and, you know, a woman when they text them or they message them, to, you know, to get together. So we're different. And that's what I try to emphasize whenever I talk to people, whenever they try to challenge me is like, we are totally different and that's okay. And we can complement each other in a nice way where we can be productive. Can we use the term dating up? I think both people want to date up. Well, definition that is women date up but men don't usually date up they try <laughs> i mean there's a um, up. his ex and she was like a high-powered ivy league lawyer and he yeah. thought she was brilliant 
this so. is this is how men usually date through time like if a woman dates a guy with a bus pass and they break up the next guy has to have a car and then they break up the next guy has to have a nicer car instead of having a chevy he's got to have a japanese car and then the next guy's got to have a german car instead of a japanese car sort of thing right so women don't usually go back financially they don't like to lower themselves to a standard that they might have dealt with five or ten years ago if they've achieved a higher quality guy or a more top tier sort of guy men on the other hand they don't usually go back sexually <laughs> this, this is actually from stand-up comedy right like it's like you know women prioritize different things from men right and that's okay it's it's, it's totally fine and i put that out there so guys understand be competent do something with yourself it's it's not enough to come home from a nine to five job after you punch a clock make $35,000 a year, sit in your mom's basement, play video games, smoke weed, and then hope a 10 out of 10 is going to, you know, come banging down your door to want to go out with you. Right. That's why I tell guys to do the damn work. And on the flip side of the coin, I tell women, you know, be feminine, compliment his life. You know, don't be a boss girl. Don't be difficult. You know, be more agreeable, be kind, be sweet. Right. Yeah. You can't disagree with that, Sarah. Come on. No, I, I think being sweet is great. I get my way a lot when I'm sweet. So, Of course. You figured it out, right? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. When you go out, do you put on makeup? Sometimes, yeah. When you go out with your friends to a club or a restaurant or something, do you get dressed up? Do you do your hair? Yeah, of course. That's what I'm talking about. Because you know that your value is tied into your beauty. Yeah, it is a fine line when you're trying to attract a partner. It's like, how sexy do I look? Like, how much effort do I put in? Because I know that's what they want. But then right. it's also like, but then that's, I'm also trying to have values and morals and not be too revealing and not be too, you know, it's that's like, good too. what do you yeah. want? You know, sometimes men, it's so confusing. I'm like, what do you want? So you don't want the whore and the slut and someone who's like, uh, you know, promoting themselves. And then mm. if I dress like a nun, no one looks at me. So I'm like, well, what do you want? <laughs> guys, guys have x-ray vision, sir. We can figure out what you look like just by looking at you. You don't have to show us all of your skin. You just have to wear clothes that fit you nicely. It's the women that show all the skin that end up in situations that are, you know, problematic. It's, you know, they get judged, you know, I think that actually, and you tell me if I'm wrong here, but I actually think that women slut shame women more than men slut shame women. Um, I, in my friend circles, I have not experienced that. You don't see women judging other women pretty harshly? I, so I can only speak from my experience. I have like a circle of women I'm friends with and we don't do that to each other, but mm -hmm. I'm not like out there. I'm not like out there. I don't have a public internet career. You know, I, right. I'm not a social media person so i'm okay. i can't really speak for everyone i can just speak for my own experiences okay yeah. gotcha yeah is there but, anything else that you had a solution to or anything else you wanted to talk to before i let you go i mean yeah i think just differentiating you know value as a human versus value in a sexual relationship i think they're just very different and that you well can... yeah i mean like again as difficult as it as it is to hear that men value women based on their beauty and their purity. Um, men need to also hear that women value men based on their competency and their success.
um, I would imagine that you wouldn't want anything to do with a broke dummy, you know, on a long-term basis, right? Like, can, you I, can I give a dating story about that? <laughs> okay, let's hear it. Sure. So I was at a bar nightclub restaurant in LA with mm -hmm. a friend. This guy at our table next to us, first thing I noticed, he was tall. He was in shape. He was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Maybe 40 years old, a little older mm -hmm. than I go for. Mm -hmm. Super cute. He ordered $10,000 champagne, $1,000 steak, and he invited us over. He had a huge stack of cash. And I was like, what are you guys doing after this? And mm -hmm. He said, we're going to a strip club. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, is this something you do a lot? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> got my number, texted me the next day. I literally never responded to that because that's disgusting to me. <laughs> but you gave him your phone number. I did. Yeah. Why did you give him your phone number if that's disgusting then? I thought he was, I thought he was cute. He was really good looking. He right. had like a really cute face. Right. And he was tall and he was in shape. Yeah. He was my right. type physically. Yeah. Okay. So physically he was your type. You found him attractive because yeah. he's, he's a success object, right? Because he was like, good looking. Yeah. Well, he, you knew the steak was a thousand bucks, right? Like you knew the bottle of champagne was 10,000 or, you know, whatever it happened to be. You, uh -huh. it, the stacks of cash is odd to me because most guys that He's I know. That, strip club. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, like most guys that I know, they don't walk around carrying fat stacks of cash, right? It was super strange. I asked him what he did for work and they all, apparently the whole group worked together and they were, mm. they were like covered in tattoos. I was like, what do you guys do for work? It was mm. very sketchy. So, <laughs> I but no it idea. wasn't, but it wasn't sketch enough for you to give him your personal phone number. Right. right? If I you did didn't like it. him, you would have given him a fake number or you would have said, Hey, follow me on Instagram or something like that. But you gave him your phone number to your cell phone. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you, so you kind of inadvertently proved my point. Yeah, but I didn't follow up with him. If That's I was fine. Him, you know, I because, but women always reserve the right to change their mind later, right? That's another thing that I tell guys all the time. So even though you get the number, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the date. Sometimes yeah, she likes you in that moment or she thinks you're good in that moment, but has second thoughts about it later, right? Yeah, someone who has class. Like, I don't want some guy going to strip clubs. That's disgusting. Right, but you still gave him your phone number, even though he told you he was going to a strip club. <laughs> Yeah, you see yeah. the irony here, right? <laughs> right. So like this is this is the confusion that a lot of guys have with women is is they don't really, you know, behave in a consistent way with what they say. Like, I don't like guys that go to strip clubs, but then you go and give them the phone number anyway. Right. Like when the behavior trumps the words, then I tell guys believe the behavior. Right. Like there was a genuine interest at that time when you gave him the phone number. It's just you, you know, you rethought that maybe you had a couple of drinks that night. Maybe you were feeling good. You're with your girls. This might have been interesting. Okay, you know, we'll, you know, we'll do the number swap sort of thing, and then you know, sobriety settled in. You said, ah, I don't want to hang out with this guy because he goes. Yeah, the red flag. Him. I was like sober, and I was like, you know what? That's a red flag. So right. it didn't matter if he had money or whatever. Like that wasn't right. what I'm looking for in a relationship. So yeah, but you still gave him the phone number. Why is that relevant? I give my phone number out all the time. Why Why would you give out something as private as your cell phone number to a guy that you're not genuinely interested in? I think I was interested and I was. You were interested and you knew he was going to strip club anyway, but you right. still gave him the phone number. You see what I'm yeah. saying, right? Like you had a genuine interest in him. It's just, it was fleeting in that moment, which is why, you know, you, you rescinded it. Yeah. Right. So look, I know that 
a lot of the stuff that I say is not always popular with women, but a lot of the stuff that I say is factual and it, you know, just is what it is. Like I, I just have a way with picking up on these things, right? Like, gotcha. I mean, I don't, <laughs> nothing happened. I gave him my phone number. Like we didn't I'm go. I'm not saying date. anything happened. We I'm didn't say anything happened. Nothing but happened. So what I'm saying is that... if you are, if you are a woman that is, concerned about your public image you are concerned about not exposing too much skin you are concerned with how you hold yourself out to the public then you should also be more discerning in who you give your phone number to there's some weird mofos out there right and you can do a lot with somebody's phone number right there's ways to find out where they live where they bank where they work there's some weirdos out there right um so i would not recommend giving your phone number to a guy that might be a little shady. I know. I was just, it was that whole thing about women don't care if men are promiscuous or they go to sex mm -hmm. clubs or whatever. Yeah, we do. <laughs> like, I don't know a single stable woman who wants a guy who's just super promiscuous and they think strip clubs are fun. And I yeah, don't know. So, yeah. So the whole promiscuity conversation, um, you're, you're concerned for different reasons than men are concerned. Like men are, men are more concerned with a woman's past. Whereas a woman is more concerned with a man's future. She might have some interest in his past. Like if he's been with a thousand guys and she might say, okay, well maybe he has children out there that I don't know about, or maybe he has a STD, which is problematic, obviously. So they look at it from that perspective, right? But when men look at a woman and they judge her because of her past and they say, that's disgusting because she shared her body with 50 men, then it's a legitimate concern, right? Um, the issue of paternity is usually what drives the disgusted men because women have 100% assurance that a child, if they are pregnant, is 100% theirs. But men, on the other hand, they don't have any assurance that the child is theirs unless they know that she's been exclusive to him. So the more men that she's been with, the greater the disgust that he finds in it. Right. So again, like you can be disgusted with a man's promiscuity, but it's generally for different reasons. I mean, if I found out a guy slept with a certain number of people, I probably wouldn't want to sleep with him or have any type of relationship with him. Mm -hmm. It's pretty disgusting. Well, so. you say that, but what, but what women choose is top shelf men that are successful and their sexual past isn't as important as their financial future. That's, that's just how women choose men. Whereas men when they're choosing women, top shelf men anyway, when they're choosing women, they're more concerned with their with their past because they know that women don't usually share their pot of gold with men, right? I know it's uncomfortable to hear, Sarah, but... No, but it just, you, you say the exact opposite. You say women aren't sleep around and they're promiscuous and they're gold diggers. Oh, wait, women want status and success. And it's like you say two completely opposite things. <laughs> I'm saying the exact same thing right now as I'm talking to you as I have many times before covering the same topic. It's just people have selective hearing. And if they, if they see this bald guy with a fantastic beard and he says something they don't like, <laughs> they automatically assume everything else that comes out of his mouth is mischievous and wrong and offside it's the beard <laughs> sarah if you if you follow my content and and you dive a little bit deeper in the rabbit hole not just the surface stuff but if you dive a little bit really deeper down the rabbit hole you'll actually find that a lot of this stuff that i say makes sense and is actually pro relationship and is actually pro men and women okay i promise you we'll take some see. time with us <laughs> all right you have yourself a good night thank you you too all right take care bye-bye all right, I think we're going to uh, 
get a little bit of a wind down, a wrap up on this. Uh, let's see what's going on here in the chat. Uh, Polar Origin says much better content than Mano Swamp versus OnlyFans girls. Yeah, I'm doing a, um, there's a New York Poster, New York Times piece. I can't remember what it is. I posted the link on the Entrepreneurs of Cars channel. I'm going to do a podcast. I think it's on Thursday. It's scheduled for. Um, there was that there was that article that was talking about how these podcasts are basically structured to make women look bad. And I've got some thoughts and commentary on, um, you know, what happens with those things. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. It, look, it's it's going to get views. Somebody said something, Frank Castle her, right? I think that essentially means get her off the show. Um, if look, I'm a gentleman. If I, if I invite people on the show, I'm gonna have a conversation. You don't have to agree with me. I actually prefer that you disagree, bring your disagreement to the table and tell me what your better solution is and let's chop it up. You know, I'm happy to have those sorts of conversations. I think it's, I think it's fun. Um, before we go, I'm going to put Moff back in, uh, for sec brother. How you doing, man? Good. That was, uh, that was solid. Thanks for, uh, manning the green room. Yeah. Um, you guys let us know what you thought of that in the, uh, the comments, you know, we're trying to balance the show, you know, get a few more gals on, talk about other topics, um, you know, make it more interesting for you guys. So you tell us what you think. What'd you think, Moff? Yeah, it was great, man. Um, uh, appreciate, uh, everybody that popped in, um, good conversation. I, I, I knew Sarah was going to kind of give you a little bit of a, uh, but yeah, but you know what? She was sweet about it. And, uh, you know, Alicia was great too. So, yeah. Um, these are the kind of conversations we want to see. Yeah, I agree. We're not here to dunk on anybody and make them look bad. We're not here to call them 304s and tell them to get, the, get out of the podcast or whatever. It's not like that. Um, so appreciate everybody that called in. And uh, I think this is a start of something really cool. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Um, I'll talk to you soon. Guys, if you enjoyed the show, uh, leave a comment below and a, uh, a thumbs up, a like just for the algos. Uh, I'm going to hit the podcast intro and we'll see you guys on the next show. Make sure you're subscribed to both channels because I got that other show coming out later on this week on the Entrepreneurs of Cars channel. Peace out. All right, guys, if you enjoyed that podcast, make sure you visit my website at richcooper.ca to learn more about my courses, my book, The Unplugged Alpha, community, or booking me for private coaching. Also, if you are a Canadian with $15,000 or more of credit card debt and what you are doing right now isn't paying off the balances, then visit Total Debt Freedom. .ca and hit get a free quote to see if you qualify to settle your credit card debt for less than you owe today over the next 48 months. Make sure you check out the top pinned comment on YouTube for all the links mentioned during the show. Peace.